I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. There has long been a narrative of this mass exodus of residents from Illinois, with people pointing to high taxes and crime as reasons for folks packing up their homes and leaving. Well, a new report out this week paints a very different picture. Robert Bruno is a professor in the Labor Education Program at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign and a co-author of that report. He starts by telling me more about the discrepancy between that mass exodus narrative and what his research found. Well, my colleague and I, Frank Manzo, who is the chief economist at the Illinois Economic uh, Policy Institute, um, we decided we really wanted to take a closer look uh, at this commonly held belief that uh, there is a large population loss. Um, and when we actually took a look at over 10 years looking at census data uh, and allowing for the fact that the most recent census in 2020 undercounted uh, the Illinois population shift. What we discovered was there was no mass exodus. Uh, at best, there was about a loss of 18,000 uh, people. I mean, statistically, over that 10 years, mm -hmm. that's really um, a very, very small uh, number, and that may that, that may not even uh, accurately uh, reflect the actual shift. And that people weren't leaving because taxes were too high. We were actually attracting higher earners paying more taxes. We added 200,000 Really? What, what data were people relying on to make those conclusions? And well, how does your data yeah. compare? Yeah, so I think in, in just talking about uh, population change, uh, people were making some estimates based on the uh, current population survey, the census uh, data. Uh, but, but frankly, it's hard to find really good evidence um, that people who were propelling this narrative were depending on. Uh, it seemed more anecdotal. Um, we didn't find that it was based or grounded in any really good social science. But if you looked at, you looked at tax data, you looked at census data, you looked at some of the supplemental material that the census puts out, mm -hmm. um, it just painted a wholly, dramatically a different story. So I, I just don't think that narrative was ever grounded on science. So demographically, who has been leaving in greater numbers? Yeah, so in, in terms of proportionality, what we found was that there was a slightly higher proportion of uh, African-American men that were leaving as opposed to staying. Uh, there was disproportionately a, a higher number of people living in rural counties mm -hmm. that were leaving uh, folks who were um, folks who were uh, uh, low income mm -hmm. so from lower socioeconomic uh, positions they were slightly disproportionately uh, uh, representative of those yeah. who uh, who were leaving and and younger people yes yes of course yes and uh, and younger people um, again um, by some small percentages represented a somewhat higher proportion of those who were migrating out yeah. than were staying in. And as you mentioned, some people like to, to point to things like taxes or crime as the, the reasons that folks mm -hmm. are leaving the state of Illinois. You're saying that that's not the case. I'm curious what you did find was the most common reason that folks left. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, people come and they go. They migrate in, they migrate out. 
primarily for a job. You know, they, they look for where they will find their mm-hmm. best economic opportunity. Um, family becomes another reason for, for, for leaving. Uh, what, but what doesn't jump out, in fact, it's so uh, insignificant statistically that you have, to, you have to bundle it up under the other category, um, are people who are leaving for things that you could surmise are taxes, for example. It's really the same story that was true of Chicago back in the 19th century. People come to this state to work, and that's primarily what moves people Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Who's moving to Illinois? Yeah. Same uh, thing, folks yeah, looking for jobs. Yeah, people looking for jobs, proportionally a higher percentage of, uh, of Hispanic, Latinx uh, folks. Um, we, we find that people who come in with advanced degrees are coming into uh, Illinois. And a, a good amount of the, the trade-offs, so there's some don- domestic reduction, but there is an almost equal trade-off of people who are coming in from abroad some of those are foreign-born, mm-hmm. but many are not. Many are returning students. Many, many are people who worked internationally and right. are returning back uh, to, uh, to Illinois. And this is why your report says that uh, the research shows Illinois' population overall is mostly stable. And that's the correct word to use. It's not growing rapidly. It is not shrinking at a rate that we should be concerned. It, it, there is a pretty typical churning over the past uh, over the past decade, the, the net effect though is that the state seems to be more prosperous, and people who are working here are earning more than people who are leaving. People who are here are uh, own homes at higher rates. People that are here uh, are less dependent on public assistance. People that are are here are in uh, are in positions to create businesses mm-hmm. uh, and to climb that ladder into the middle class. So knowing these migration patterns, it matters. Yeah, yeah, it matters. Uh, it, it matters uh, to a great extent because for too long we've had this really fraught, unsubstantiated narrative of mass exodus, 300,000, a half a million people suggesting that the state is po- poorly governed, that the state is not attractive to businesses, to families. Can I tell you, I heard it in my first year Did you? arriving in Chicago in 2021. It was an attempt that, to scare you away. That everybody was leaving. And I said, well, I'm, I'm late to the party. Yeah. <laughs> I just got here. Well, it, yes. And we seem, you know, we seem to, to often uh, rely on personal anecdotes, maybe arguments that are made for political, partisan reasons. Um, but when you actually take a good hard look at what's happening, you, you come to understand that the state is really an attractive place. And that's important because that suggests that we're getting some of the public policy correct, that we're not overburdening our, our people. On the other hand, if you fall into this narrative, you might think about changing some policy and you will pull levers that in fact will have no effect on changing the population mix. In fact, if you want to hold some folks in, if you want to sustain that population, mm-hmm. maybe you ought to be looking at policies that would be more family-friendly, for example. And, that, and government has to act. So it really does come down to how you analyze the situation. So, Bob, you're not just, uh, you're not just looking at the number of people moving to or leaving Illinois. It looks like you're also combining this information with 
the socioeconomic data. Explain that part a little bit more. Yeah. So we looked at really three primary sources. And to be clear, you know, when we critique the narrative, I'm not so sure um, that there was really good research that you could go back into and say, well, maybe you got this wrong, maybe you got this right. I think we're the first to really kind of look at that research. But we looked at three things. We looked at the census data. Uh, We looked at a supplemental survey uh, that is produced to help us understand who these people were and why they were going, where they were going, Mm -hmm. and did some cross-referencing with the Illinois Department of Revenue to kind of look at well, you know, what is this argument is that taxes are chasing people away. Let's take a look at who's paying taxes. What we found was that we significantly, by over 80%, increased the number of folks who are earning over a half a million dollars. Mm. Now, you hear some stories of people who, who leave, right? They, they're leaving the state, wealthy people who are leaving the state because yeah. it's too burdensome. In fact, maybe we did lose a few, but we gained a whole lot more. And then there were Got groups more. of people between 100,000 and a half a million that also grew substantially by over 40%. But maybe most important to the average listener, our middle class. over that grew. This, that grew over yeah. this, the last decade. And remember, we came out of a re- terrible recession in 08, and we came out slowly. And then we had the pandemic not too long ago. Well, we did yeah. come out of that m- much more quickly. But over that 10 years, we have attract, we've attracted people who are higher earners. Mm-hmm. We've attracted people who are middle-class earners. So we've grown our economy from the middle, but we've also helped to support and bolster those who are, who are more privileged, who have done better. Yeah. I think a concern is then, how does public policy address those lower income earners, a smaller number, mm-hmm. who've, had, who've chosen to leave the state? What could we do to actually create opportunities for them to move up the ladder. Well, leave us with that, Bob. I mean, how you think politicians and government officials should respond to this? Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, there's a couple of policy issues that I think should be front and center. Uh, if you're going to take seriously creating the conditions where you're going to have more families stay, you're going uh, to uh, stabilize communities. One, we should be looking at a child tax credit, a permanent child tax credit, and not, and not just a small one, but one that will really have an impact on childhood poverty, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Uh, I think we should look at the cost of education, right? We should look at how do we make college more affordable to people. Um, we should take a good hard look at where do we put our infrastructure investments. Um, if we're interested in sustaining more rural communities, more downstate communities, then where do those investments go? Maybe a lot of the investments around clean energy, for example. Uh, we should think about we should think about that as a uh, as an outcome, uh, and we should maintain, if not increase, the amount of funding we put into pre-K through 12th grade, um, and of course continue to properly fund what really are world-class uh, universities yeah. uh, and colleges in this state. It's clear that it, it's intellectual institutions are really and, important. And, and overall, we're supporting the stability of families, and, it sounds o- like. And overall, if you can support f- families, and, and, and you know, there are other policies. You could be looking at forms of family leave uh, policy. Uh, if you do that, you will incentivize people, right, to stay in the state. They'll be attracted to the state. Mm-hmm. They'll become taxpayers. They will innovate and create 
businesses. And keep in mind, their children, the next generation, very likely will do better than that previous generation. Right. So we should be thinking long-term investment in the state. That's Bob Bruno, a researcher on a recent analysis of Illinois' migration patterns, also a professor at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Thank you so much, Bob. Hey, thank you. It's great to be here with you. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Max Lubers and was edited by Dan Tucker and Brenda Ruiz. Get the news, politics, and culture happening in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. We post episodes every morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode on Saturdays. That's all for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you this afternoon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.